today on Locked on A's. Reports are saying that Ramon Laureano is not going to be traded. Is that a good idea? A bad idea? What are the A's thinking? Let's get into it, you guys. You are Locked on A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 521 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's show, we're talking about Ramon Laureano not being on the trade market, reportedly. Uh, so we'll get into that. And then later on, in the third segment, we're going to be talking about Joe Wheeland, the A's new minor league signee, uh, and how he kind of fits into the A's plans. So, that's what we got coming up for you guys today. But before we get into anything, thank you so much for making Lockdown A's your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, it, it, and if you're not on YouTube, go to YouTube. And then when you're on YouTube, uh, subscribe to the channel. We're trying to get to a thousand subs by opening day. And opening day is uh, not that far away. So uh, click mash. No, no, don't click mash subscribe. And then also uh, like and comment below. If you don't know what to comment, just say, so good at baseball, so handsome. That's all I need. Um, it, t- tell me how wonderful you think the show is. There you go. And by doing that, you help the podcast grow and find other A's fans like yourself. So if you like the show, it's a nice way to get uh, other people to do it. If you don't want to like go talk to people, I don't. I do this and then I record and I post it. And then I'm like, all right, cool. I'm done talking with people today. And I just really talked at people. So it's a, if you like doing that, just comment below. And that's how you spread the word. Anyways, let's get into today's show. Um, Ramon Laureano is apparently not on the trade block for the A's, which might be surprising. If uh, you, you listen to anybody who talks about the A's that's not from the area, they're like, oh, yeah, they trade everybody because they're trying to slash payroll and do this and do that. Um, he's going to make $3.55 million next year. That's money. That's nuts. They have other guys that make much less money than that, like league minimum money. So it's not like they're just trading guys to trade guys. They, they do it to try and replenish, and it's part of their cycle. It's a thing that they do. So... I get tired of that uh, rhetoric from, you know, the national media sometimes. It's stupid, okay? They, they, they make the trades. None of them are good. We don't like it when they trade guys, but they make sense sometimes because that's the cycle that we do. It's how the A's have operated the whole time that they've been a franchise. So you kind of get used to it after a point. I'm not saying that I agree with it. I'm just saying I'm dead inside and I expect it now. So... Uh, does that mean that Ramon Laureano is never getting traded? That's what we're here to discuss today. But the initial report is coming from uh, The Athletic. It's the Twins beat reporter. Um, I think it's Dan Connolly is the name. He's he's sitting in my, my, my mind right now. That might be the Orioles beat reporter. They argued with the Orioles owner. One of those guys is named Dan Connolly, and I think it might be the Orioles beat writer. Anyways, if you don't know that story, that's a good one. Check out Locked on Orioles for more of that. But, uh... Basically, in this, it's a whole piece talking about uh, what what other upgrades the Twins could make. And he says, uh, quote, The Twins previously looked into A's outfielder Ramon Laureano, but didn't get the sense Oakland was open to a trade, end quote. So that is uh, what everybody is basing. The Ramon Laureano is not on the trade block. 
uh, stuff on is that quote in this article about the twins. So, yeah, I mean, if they're not getting the sense that he's on the market, then he's probably not on the market, I guess. Uh, maybe that was, you know, it says the, tr the twins previously, so it could be that was their thinking a month ago, two months ago. It could have been at the trade deadline. We don't know when the previously happened. Maybe their thinking has evolved since. My guess is that it hasn't. Uh, and here is mostly why. Uh, he's under team control through 2025, so there there is no, like, rush to move him other than the fact that he's he's approaching 30. By by every day, he's getting closer to 30, and once he gets to 30, his value is probably going to not look as good, even though he's going to have some, some team control attached to him. He's 28 and a half right now, so um, he's got a little bit of time before he hits 30, but you pro if you're the A's and you want to actually end up trading him at some point, you probably want to do it before too long so that there's still some cushion before he gets to 30, because that's, that's when you start looking at stuff and you're like, ah, I don't know that we need to trade for that guy right now and, and give up, you know, anything of, you know, actual value. So if the A's didn't want to get anything of actual value, they could have just traded him whatever. It, it wouldn't matter. So what I think that they want to do is, is they're hoping that he returns to 2019 form for at least half a season. Uh, 2019 was his breakout, and that's when everybody fell in love with him. Uh, he hit 288. He had a 340 on base and a 521 slug. Very good slash line. He hit 24 home runs, had 29 doubles, 79 runs, 67 runs batted in. Excellent season. Uh, he had played a little bit in 2018, but that was like his first like real big breakout season. So excellent season. Uh, the 2020 season was shortened. He played 54 games. He was roughly league average. He was he was okay. But then uh, in the last two seasons, there's been cut a little bit due to suspension, a little bit due to injury. Uh, so in 21 and 22, uh, the, the, the only other full seasons since 2019 that he could have played in, uh, he had a, he has hit 229, not great, with a 302 on base, not great. Uh, 409 slug is all right. Um, and that is in 182 games. So in two seasons, he has averaged 91 games. And if you're a team looking to acquire him, you're like, hey, how many games are we actually going to get out of this guy? And so if you're the A's, you want to get the best prospect return you can. So you want this season, the 2023 season, you want him to just hit the ground running, really, is what you're hoping for, I think. Um, and I know that A's fans love Ramon Laureano, but um, I don't think that being a fan favorite is going to save him because it hasn't saved anybody at this point. <laughs> it didn't save Cespedes. It didn't save Donaldson. It didn't save Sean Murphy just a few weeks ago. It didn't save Olsen or Bassett or Manaya or Chapman or uh, who... They, anybody is, is the point. Anybody. <laughs> it hasn't worked in the past. I'm resigned to no, thinking that he's probably going to be traded at some point. My, my guess is the trade deadline coming up because they want him to restore a little bit of value. I, I had actually made the argument uh, before the offseason that maybe trading him this winter would actually make sense because you, you don't know what you're going to get out of him in 2023. I think the A's have probably a better, better sense of what they're going to get out of him in 2023. And they're making the calculations that uh, if he can put up a good first half, then they can get X prospects. And that's what's going on here. It's not that he's unavailable. It's that he's unavailable like right now because of per previous performance and the offers that they would expect to be getting for that performance for a 91 game a season player who's hitting 229 with a 302 on base and is striking out like 27% of the time. So 
that's kind of where the, the, the calculations come in, I think, for the A's. And they, they've got to be looking for a rebound season from him in 2023. Um, the, the reasons that he could have a nice rebound season, uh, there's no pandemic this year, so that's, that's a good one. Uh, also, there's no lockout, so that's point number two. And also, he doesn't have to serve the rest of a suspension. So those are three big reasons. He just gets to, like, show up this year and then go play baseball. That's all he has to do. Go play baseball well. That's all. He, go play baseball well. That's all you got to look at. Uh, his strikeout rate hasn't been great. It's been like 26.5%, I believe, for his career. Is it like 27.5% last year? Um, so that's a little bit bad. Uh, his whiff percentage, also not great. So he needs to just refine his approach just a little bit. Um, you know, hunts his pitches more. Stop swinging at, you know, everything. Uh, he, he can... You can hit the crap out of a, a four-seamer and a sinker. You got to hit something else, though, too. Uh, he, he hit curveballs, I think, well in 2019. But uh, hit curveballs, hit change-ups, hit sliders, hit something else, and then everything will be better. So we'll see what happens there. Also, uh, I didn't write down any of the actual stats, but um, I was looking at how he did it against the shift and not the shift. When he was shifted, he, had, he hit so much better, like, every season. Every season, he played. He hit. He had a better uh, woba, uh, weighted on base average, against the shift than he did with no shift. So with no shift employed, we'll see what happens. I guess in 2023, and that's why I think this is a tricky proposition for the A's. And we're going to talk about why it's a tricky proposition for the A's to be banking on Ramon to really break out again in 2023. Coming up in just one second. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season and base basketball to the World Cup. They got everything. Bet on Argentina and the World Cup. I, I haven't checked. I assume that they have some Royal Rumble uh, stats up there that you can place a bet on, uh, hey, who's going to win? Who's going to be a surprise? Who's going to do some of that stuff? That's right up my alley with my new AEW sweatshirt, even though that's WWE that I'm talking about. It's still wrestling. I still like wrestling. So they've got it all, all of that stuff over at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and I'm guessing that you do because you're you're here currently, uh, you can even find those over at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way for you to get your sports betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts, but especially on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, subscribe right now. Do it now. Um, also, like, comment, do all those things. Uh, also, I mean, if you could, follow us on social media, at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. Check out Inside the A's for more A's news, insight, and analysis coming your way each and every day. Whatever news happens, it's at Inside the A's. But let's keep talking about Ramon Laureano and why it's a tricky proposition for them to hold on to him in the hopes of getting a, my thought being, in hopes of getting a, a better return for Ramon when they want to trade him at the trade deadline, assuming. Um, this is all speculation, so I'm going with it. But I think that it makes sense because they, they're, they've got a lot of young guys right now. And uh, Ramon's been like league average, and he's going to be more costly next season, uh, you know, in his second year of arbitration. 
it would make sense for the A's to want to go for a cheaper option, maybe a better option, perhaps. Somebody who, uh, you know, after if he doesn't do it this season, that'd be three seasons in a row that he's been like, eh, he's been good, I guess. But uh, his skills have been not as good as they were a few years ago. So we'll see what happens on that front. But um, the reason that this is tricky is because banking on any player to do anything good at a small sample size is just weird. Uh, wasn't like Max Muncy bad for like the first half last year and then he figured it out in the second half? Um, th this happens a lot with guys where they just like get off to really slow starts. I think uh, Juan Soto, he kind of never put it together last year. I think it happens sometimes where even like great players struggle for a couple of months at a time and you're like, did, did they fall off a cliff? Are they, are they good now still? Or are they just getting older? Do they still have the skills? I don't know. Uh, so if, if he doesn't rebound, then I, and this is again speculation, but kind of how I read the tea leaves, he could be a non-tender candidate for the A's next winter, I think, because he's going to be looking at like a five, six million dollar salary. And if he's been the league average or worse the last three seasons at that point, and uh, they're not going to get anything of value for him on the trade market with that salary increase, they could look to part ways or, you know, maybe re-sign him at a smaller deal. But uh, I, I could see that potentially happening. So it's an important season for Ramon Laureano. But the other guy that, it, uh, you know, the A's front office has said it's an important season for uh, is Christian Pache. And they actually said that it's a very important spring training for Christian Pache. And that is because he is out of options coming into the 2023 season, which means he has to be on the A's opening day roster, which is interesting because he hit 166 last year with like a 218 on base. It wasn't great. Um, not what we were hoping for as A's fans, but I mean, for me, I still like him a lot. He's a lot of fun to watch his glove. I believe in that glove. Some people are out there in my mention saying that he's washed. He's done. He's 24 years old. Give him a second. Not everybody just hits the ground running. Uh, the A's, notably, have a lot of guys that usually hit the ground running a bit later than 24. Mark Canna was like 27, 20. He was older. Uh, our first baseman, uh, we, we'll see if he's the everyday first baseman, but Ryan Noda, he's 27. Looks like he's got some skills. Let's see what happens. Not everybody hits the ground running in the major leagues. The only reason he's out of options is because the Braves do this weird thing. Kyle Muller uh, is also has only one option left because the Braves like to bring guys up for like three games and then send them back and then they're out of an option and then they become trade bait and uh, it's weird and it kind of screws over the team that acquires them. In both of these cases, it's the Oakland A's. So, I don't know. Um, I, I think that he's, uh, Christian Pacha, I think that he's gotten a little bit better this winter. I wrote about that over at Inside the A's, so go check out that piece. But I, I think that he just needs a little bit more time. He's working on being a little bit more patient, working on, uh, you know, his, his walk rate a little bit. His batting average still hasn't been there, but his on base has been getting there a little bit better. I don't know what his contact rate has been looking like uh, playing winter ball, but I want to see what he can do because he's got a special, special glove. And if he can hit almost league average, something closer to league average, he's a special, special player. And I don't want to just give up on him because he's out of options. Um, and that's why keeping Ramon Laureano is a tricky proposition because 
there might not be room for both of these guys on the roster. I think that I can make a roster where they both fit and they'd be fine, but I mean, maybe the A's want to be cutthroat because they have on their roster currently, uh, they got Seth Brown, Tony Kemp, uh, Aledmus Diaz, Esturi Ruiz, and Ramon Laureano. Those are five guys that can already play in the outfield. Three of those guys are probably going to be uh, there a lot, like Seth Brown. My guess is Seth Brown because you got Ryan Noto over at first, uh, Ramon in right, and then you got Ruiz in center, and then you got Kemp and Diaz who can fill in wherever you want them, or not wherever, whenever you want them to. I guess wherever also works because they're both uh, super utility guys. But if you have Ramon there, do you still want Pache as like a sixth outfielder? I mean, fourth like actual outfielder, but a sixth outfielder, a sixth guy on the roster that can play outfield? Versatility is going to be key for this team, but do you want to keep Pache around if he's still a work in progress? That I don't know. I think that he needs some time, and they've already got Ruiz who's not necessarily a sure bet himself in center field. Uh, but I think that you got to give Pache just one more crack. You got to give him at least a month in the big leagues before you decide to cut ties because he's he's got some talent and I want to see him realize that in the green and gold because I think that we would absolutely enjoy him if he hit like, I don't know, 230 with like a 315 on base. And with that speed and that defense... We we would love him so much. So he's 24 years old. Don't give up on him yet. Uh, give up on him later. And also, if the, if they do keep both of these guys, Ramon and Pache, along with all of these other options, then Connor Capel or Connor Cable, sorry, uh, where where does he fit onto this roster? I don't know that he does. Cal Stevenson, another guy, Brent Rooker, a guy that they brought in. There's three other guys there that have some potential that don't have. The, the playing time available to them because uh, we're banking on this Ramon Laureano bounce back. And if he does not bounce back, the A's might not have all of these same options. And there's some talent in these options. So that is why it is a risky gamble to hold on to Ramon. I'm not saying that I want him to be gone immediately. I'm saying it's a risky gamble. I'm just presenting all sides. That's all I'm doing here. So don't don't hate me. I'm sorry. Um, anyways, coming up, we're talking about Joe Wheeland and how he could fit with the A's in 2023. Stay locked in, you guys. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to get to a thousand before opening day. And, uh, you know, pitchers and catchers report soon. And then before you know it, it is opening day. So you may as well just do it now. Stop putting it off. Just subscribe to the channel now. Uh, also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And uh, check out Inside the A's for more A's news, insight, and analysis. When news happens, it's at Inside the A's. So uh, go, go do that stuff. Anyways, let's talk about Joe Wieland, uh, and that is how you say it, even though it looks like Wieland, like Scott Wieland, the Melody Man, um, which is a deep cut. That is a song from a limp, that is a lyric from a Limp Biscuit song talking about the guy, oh God, what band was, he's in Velvet Revolver, but he was in another band too. Scott Wieland. Uh, I don't know. He may have some troubling stuff. Anyways, Joe Wieland it's spelled the same way, pronounced differently. Joe Wheeland. Um, he was drafted in 2008 by the Texas Rangers. He was traded over uh, to the Padres at some point, and he made his debut with the Padres in 2012. He was also involved in a trade going to the Dodgers that sent uh, Matt Kemp over to the Padres and Yasmani Grandal over to the Dodgers. 
Big deal. He was part of it. So, uh, yeah, he's claimed to fame. He was involved in that trade. Um, he also has made stops uh, since the 2016 season, I believe. I think it was 2017 on um, in Japan, Korea, and the independent leagues. So he has been around a lot of places, and he's had some success. Not like he hasn't been posting huge numbers, not huge strikeout rates. He hasn't had, like, sterling ERAs, but he's, he's been bouncing around. He's going to be 33 and I believe, in a couple of days. Uh, so, happy birthday, Joe Wheeland. Um, but he did sign with the Tampa Bay Rays last May, and uh, I mean, now that he's with the A's, the A's do this a lot, seemingly every winter, uh, which may feel... It, maybe it's more of a feeling than what they actually do, but it feels like they get somebody that, uh, that the Rays found first, and they were like, ah, nah, he's not it. And then they really, some of the A's were like, maybe this guy's it. Uh, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I remember uh, Jamie Schultz being one of those guys, and I was very invested in Jamie Schultz, I believe, in 2020. And uh, he, he didn't get called up. So, oh, well. And then last year, Brent Honeywell, they traded for him. He, he, he was hurt. He, that sucked. Um, I not, it didn't suck. Uh, it sucked for him. I still like Brent Honeywell. He's now with the Padres. Good for him. But, uh, anyways, he signed with Tampa Bay last May and, uh, in AAA, he got into 12 or, uh, not 12 games. He, he threw 12 innings. Uh, he had a three ERA, a one, two, five whip. And uh, he had a 7.2 Ks per nine, 1.9 walks per nine. And that is the, the thing that he's been good at throughout his career. And that is controlling the baseball. His walk rate is never very high. I think it might have been four a couple of times, but he's been pitching forever since literally 2008. So, yeah, a couple of fours. That's not bad. Uh, he's, he's usually right around like three, two, maybe like a two, five. So... Got, gotta love that aspect of this edition. Um, when he was pitching, and this is, again, a long time ago, and StatCast hasn't really been a, around that long, but uh, in 2015, he has some StatCast numbers, and that's the only season that he has StatCast numbers for. Uh, he was hitting 91. with his. He was averaging 91 with his fastball. Uh, he also had a uh, circle change and a knuckle curve. I assume that he has a slider at this point because the slider is the dominant pitch in baseball. So I assume that he's added one of those by now. We'll see. Um, so not 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 a super hard thrower, but seems like a control guy. The A's like control guys. Use Mero Petit was a control guy. Um, he was also 95th percentile in extension. So that that's something. Maybe that 91 really sneaks up on you because of that 95th percentile extension. Maybe it's 95. Maybe. I don't know. So not a lot of stuff to get excited about here, but there's there's something here, I think. And I, I think at the very least, he could be a guy that gets brought up to eat innings when the bullpen's gassed. I think that he could be that guy out of the bullpen. Just throw him in. Uh, we're going to need, you know, four innings from you today, and then we, we send you back down to the minors. One of those kinds of situations uh, to give the bullpen an extra day of rest. He's He might pitch really well and deserve more time, or he might just have to, to wear a game. But I think that that is what, I, what I'm seeing from Joe Whelan at 33 right now. And, hey, it 
all it all it takes is one outing to really change people's perceptions of you. So Joe Whelan, come on down. I, I'm excited to see what happens here. And he's probably going to start either in double A or triple A. I mean, he went from rookie ball to triple A last year with Tampa Bay. If the A's have more of a long-term plan for him, uh, maybe he starts in double A just to you know get him more acclimated, get him used to the swing of things. Maybe he's a starter. Maybe he's a reliever. Um, he's pitched both recently, so hard to tell. Um, but you bring him up to AAA a little bit after that. See how he can control the ball uh, in Vegas, where the balls fly. And then uh, maybe, maybe he gets a shot in Oakland. So not a huge signing by the A's, but an intriguing one. You may see him at some point in 2023. It might be a quick something or a quick, you know, cup of coffee, a very quick cup of coffee, but you may see him in 2023. And I thought that that would be interesting and worth talking about today. So uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. Uh, I am currently in discussions with Cole Irvin about coming on the podcast for a third time, a third straight year. So uh, hopefully that's coming your way next week. So get excited about that because Cole Irvin, great guy. And uh, I'm going to say this right now. First question I'm going to ask him is, uh, so you own a horse now. What's that about? Because uh, he owns a horse now. And I want to know what that's about. So <laughs> it's the question on everybody's mind right now, obviously. Um, so that'll be that'll be a question in there. I might I may ask it first because I actually kind of know Cole Irvin now. So that'll be fun. Anyways, that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Ace fans, and I will talk at you soon. Hey!